0: If you'd like to follow the gospel, it's on page 970 in the Church Bibles. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 23. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ.
1: The second reading can be found on page 1180 of the Church Bibles, 1180. It's from Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 to 9. I plead with you, Odia, oh and plead with the Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co workers Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all. Uh, Can I encourage you to keep your Bibles open at the Philippians reading especially? We're going to be, as usual, digging into this letter. Over the last few months, we've been working our way systematically through this great letter of Paul's to the church in Philippi, and we're coming towards the end. We're in the last chapter, the plane is landing, and we're looking at some of his final exhortations and words of teaching to the church. Before we dig in, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your love for us, that in your kind provision you provided your word to speak to us we pray and ask that by the power of your spirit you might open our ears to hear your voice and our eyes to behold wonders in this your law amen well this week i came across on the internet a page that asked a number of people to comment, comment on the question what brings you peace of mind what brings you peace of mind and the answers were very varied Uh, illuminating the wide spectrum of human nature. Here are a few of them. That one day I can just sit and do nothing. Taking pictures of my dog playing in the garden. When I get home from a tough long day and my daughter yells, Daddy! And runs up to me and gives me a big hug and then tells me about her day as well as her two-year-old brain can. I wonder what brings you peace of mind. I wanted to begin with that because this passage is all about peace, and specifically at the bottom of the passage, peace of mind. There are three types of peace that are mentioned. Firstly, is a practical peace. Paul, at the beginning of the passage, calls two leading ladies of the church, Iudia and Sittachy, to be at peace with each other they've been warring and falling out and he calls the church to help them to be at peace and then there's emotional peace he talks about rejoicing and giving anxieties to god in prayer and when we do that the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard us but then lastly in this passage he speaks about a mental peace a peace of mind He comments on what we should be thinking about and how that will lead to the promise at the end of verse 9 that the God of peace will be with us. And it's that particular peace I want to look at very briefly this morning, peace of mind, that leads to peace of heart, that leads to peace with others. How can we achieve that in today's turbulent society and, if we're honest, what is a very anxious life here on earth? How can we have peace of mind? Well, Paul gives two words of advice as to how we can have that. And the first is this in verse 8. Consume health food for the mind. Consume health food for the mind. Many of you will be aware of the uh, growing trend in society of eating health food or super health food or super foods that are supposed to be especially good for you that if you eat them, well, your body's going to be blessed and you're going to be amazing and you can live vibrantly in life and that you're to eat those types of food and eliminate all types of junk food. I have to admit, I'm not very good at that. Well, in verse 8, Paul commends the same idea but with what we consume with our minds. He says... Finally, brothers, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He's telling them what they should be consuming with their minds, and they should be health foods, they should be healthy things, eight different types of things, that if they consume them with their mind, well, actually, that will lead to peace of mind. It will lead to a deep wholeness it will lead to blessing, it will lead to a mind free of anxiety because they will be focused and centred on God. You see, maintaining peace of mind is a tough and hard thing to do, but it's made especially tough by the fact that our minds naturally veer towards self-destruction and negative paths of thought. What Paul says here is to take in with your mind things that are going to aid you to go in the opposite direction, that's going to bring peace and wholeness. Look at a few of them. He says, whatever is true, that is to only think about things that are true and not think about things that are untrue. They'll lead us astray. Whatever is right. We want holy thinking that's untainted by sin and its powerful destructive forces. Whatever is pure. We don't want to think upon things that will poison us. They'll corrupt us, that'll cause us problems. And then lastly, whatever is praiseworthy. Things that are actually worthy of our attention, our praise and admiration. Paul is saying if you feed your mind with these things, well, you won't have to try to be at peace. Peace will invade your mind. Your mind will be filled with good things that will bring blessing. And therefore, the question is, well, how do we find, where do we find these things to consume with our minds? These eight health foods, if it were, of the mind. Well, there are lots of potential sources in the world, but for Christians, let me just say that there's none, none better than the book you're holding right in your hands. Because this book, the Bible, is full of these eight things. Full of things that are true and right and pure and praiseworthy, things spoken by God himself that if we spend time consuming and getting into us will lead to peace of mind. Dr. Emil Calais was um, for a long time a renowned professor of biblical studies at Princeton, uh, well respected on both sides of the Atlantic, and he sadly passed away a few years ago, but his story was of this. As a young man, he was a complete atheist and anti-theist, militantly, militantly against any idea of faith. And he was in the French army during World War I and suffered the most horrendous experiences of friends losing lives, of limbs being blown off, and horror and trauma. And because of that, he was left with what we would call today post-traumatic stress disorder. And he longed to find peace in the years after that war. To help with this, he tried to compile a notebook called The Book That Understands Me, where he would write down any well known saying that he stumbled across, any powerful quotation that he thought might be helpful. And he compiled this book, and it got quite big. And one day he sat down to read it, cover to cover. But his heart sank, because as he read it, he found it just had no power to minister to his needs. It didn't bring peace at all. And he was left in that state. But then, a few years later, his wife was given a Bible by the Huguenot Church in France. And at first, she tried to hide it away, because she knew that her husband would not be impressed that a Bible was in the home. But eventually, he saw it, and he said to her, Okay, give me the Bible, let me read it. And his testimony was, he started the Gospels and started to read it, and then went went on from the Gospels and read many different books of the Bible, all in one sitting, actually, over several hours. And then when he'd finally finished, he closed the book, he closed the Bible, bowed his head and said, at last I've found the book that understands me. And there and then he received that peace he longed for, he became a Christian, he ended up teaching the Bible, all because of these words, they were able to minister that peace that he so longed for in his life. And let me say to you that this is the book that really does understand us, and if we're looking for something to consume with our minds, there's no better place to go than here. There are other places, of course, that are good and wholesome for us, but this is the best place to go. These verses, of course, also call us to avoid what isn't good for our minds, but what isn't true and pure and praiseworthy. And there are lots of potential sources of that in the world as well. It would be no good to consume good things with our mind and then also consume bad things. That would be like healthy eating throughout the day and then binging on junk food in the evening. Just not good in the long run things that we might watch on TV or read books about or see on the internet or listen to with our ears, all these things have the potential to be the opposite of what Paul commends, to actually not lead to peace of mind. The American theologian D.A. Carson says this, the sad fact is that many people dwell on dirt without grasping that it is dirt. The wise Christian will see plenty of dirt in the world, but will recognise it as dirt precisely because everything that is clean has captured his or her mind. I'll never forget the story of an African bishop visiting the UK for the first time a number of years ago now and seeing various living rooms with TVs in them. And he got more and more perturbed and... His companion, who was guiding him around the diocese, asked him, Bishop, what's wrong? Why are you so uncomfortable at this? And he said these words. Well, let me ask you a question. Why would anyone allow an open sewer to run through their front room? It's a bit blunt, a bit uncomfortable for us, but he makes a point that actually there's just such a great source, unfortunately, of poisonous stuff that potentially flows through our lives and through our front runs. And the discerning Christian spends time thinking about only what is good, only what is true and pure, only what is healthy and helpful for our minds, and rejects and runs away from anything that isn't that. Well, that was the first thing. Consume health food for the mind. The second way that Paul commends us to have peace of mind is to have a mind captured by Christ. Verse 9, he says, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. At first, this seems really arrogant of Paul. He's saying, well, if you really want peace of mind, just look at me. And it, look at my example, and you'll be okay. But I don't think that's what he's saying. Paul's often misunderstood because he's a bit blunt. Because as we've been reading through this letter in Philippians, the letter of Philippians, we know that Paul's life was all about Jesus, was all about Christ. He was Christ obsessed, and that comes through in this last letter of his. And so when he's telling people to look at his example, who's he really telling them to look at? He's actually really telling them to look at Christ's example, who he is trying to model to them as the apostle to the Gentiles. He says in 1 Corinthians, 11, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That actually, this is a call to look upon Christ's example that he's trying to show to them. That if they spend time considering that, well, that will lead to peace of mind. You see, of course, Jesus ultimately embodies these eight things. He is the one who is true. He's the one who, above all, is noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. He, of course, is the one who has done all things excellently and who alone, in the end, is praiseworthy. And so to have a mind set on him and his example leads to God's peace, filling it. This is really a call to contemplate Christ, to think about his character, to saturate your mind with his words, to imitate his actions, to celebrate his salvation. The Bible commentator John Phillips puts it like this, we must think of Christ. That is the ultimate secret of a positive thought life. All unworthy thoughts perish in his presence. As a minister, one of the key examples I see of this time and time again is when I have the privilege of ministering to those who are dying and on their deathbed. There's a big difference between a mind that is set on Christ and captured by him and a mind that isn't. You can see straight away which is which. It was said of the early Methodist Christians that whenever one of them was dying, they would gather around and call the whole town to the deathbed. And that was as a witness to model to others, to show to others what it looks like for someone who has a mind set at peace because of Christ to die as a witness. Wesley, their leader, later said that our people die well. They die at peace because they have a mind set on Christ. That ultimate possibility of robbing us of peace is defeated by him. Many of us here were at... uh, the funeral of David Fry, our beloved David, on Friday. And some of us had the privilege of spending time with him before his death. And let me tell you, he had a mind that exemplified this, a mind at peace, because it was a mind set on Christ. The power of Christ, the hope of Christ, the ultimate victory of Christ over all things. And he was able to die knowing who and whose he was. And let me commend to you, if you are here and you don't know the peace that Christ can bring, even in the face of the ultimate possible trauma, that of death, can I commend to you to find out as soon as possible? Only he can do that. You see, peace of mind is possible. It is possible, but it does depend on what we do with our minds. It depends what we put into them, what we consume with them. And ultimately, it will depend on who captivates it, which person Is it Christ, or is it someone else, or something else? Let me pray for us very briefly. Lord, we thank you that you were able to bring a peace that is not of this world, a peace of mind from anxieties and fears. And we pray that you might teach us these things. Teach us to consume only what is healthy for our mind. Give us discernment to avoid what is negative and destructive. And ultimately pray that you, Lord Jesus, would reside and reign over our minds, that you might capture it, and that we might be captured by you, that you might minister your peace. Amen.
3: Thank you, Jitesh if I might just be permitted to mention something that flashed through my mind. I probably won't get another opportunity to do so, but as Jitesh was using the illustration of the bishop um, speaking about TV, it reminded me that um, in 1936, when Lord Reith founded the BBC, he had a plaque put on the wall in BBC Broadcasting House, um, Philippians 4, verse 8, whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable think about such things and we reflect on our broadcasters today and see how far they've departed from those biblical standards so thank you for that Um, now we stand together as we say together the creed on page 44